0: You're listening to the Rugged Legacy podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Putnam. Welcome back to the 12th episode of the Rugged Legacy podcast. Today, I'm joined by guest Jack Donovan. And if you haven't heard of him, you probably need to get out from under that rock. Uh, he's the author of "The Way of Man," "Becoming a Barbarian," "A More Complete Beast." as well as a, a group of essays called sky without eagles and his most recent, which I wanted to talk to him about today was stay solar. Uh, Jack, what's going on, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, i heard when I heard your essay, you know, I had to go back and read it again for myself just to make sure I heard it correctly. Cause it was one of those things that it kind of lit a fire under my ass you know, as a dad, a leader of my family, a husband, you know, a patriarch, it, it kind of lit a fire under my ass because I'm, a, I'm always telling guys to, you know, be the kind of man you want your sons to be and be the kind of man you want your daughters to marry. Right. And it's just something that just nailed every facet of what I view manhood as. And I'm like, man, I got to get this guy on my podcast.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I, I I've gone through a lot of philosophical uh, changes and so forth myself, and they, I really feel like it's the right message. Uh, it's the I think it's the message that people need right now.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of counter, a slightly counter to some of the other uh, uh, philosophical standpoints you've taken, especially with uh, becoming a, bar, uh, a barbarian. I saw you know in there you were talking about as far as men uh well not really counter more like a side and an extenuation to it about how you know violence is the way of man you know aggression is the way of man and is the, what is it the gang of violence the gang mentality and the tribal mentality
1: you know yeah, yeah yeah you know and and that's not wrong i mean i wouldn't agree i wouldn't disagree with that i would say that uh if you don't have that piece um, you know, in a survival standpoint anyway, if you don't have that peace, nothing else matters. Uh, right. You know, because that's that's the job of men is to, to create that perimeter of safety so that you can take care of your family and take care of your, you know, everything around you and whatever. I mean, that's your, it's our job to deal with chaos. And uh, that's, that's, I think, what we're evolved to do. Uh, you know, obviously some of us are better than others at, at dealing with that, but, uh, you know, that is it's, it's always come to the job of men. It's like, you know, they um, women have a lot of other roles and, uh, but, uh, for men at the end of the day, you really don't have a lot of value to a community. If you can't jump in there with everybody else, with all the other men and get, get that job done. Uh, so um, i mean, uh, you know, women, you know, if they don't do anything else, if they're just pretty, <laughs> you know, they, they have a high value anyway, you know, you know, but, uh, At the end of the day, that's a core of our value, I think. Uh, And that's why we've, you know, I think selected each other over, uh, uh, you know, our evolutionary history. You know, we've selected each other to be able to do that job.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like uh, what I like to call the price of admission. You know, if if, if you want to be in with the guys, you got to be able and, you know, physically and mentally to be able to get in there and roll with them. You know, it's like Absolutely. that old, if you can't run with the big dogs, get the hell off, You know,
1: stay on the porch. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's how we select each other, you know, but then, uh, you know, it, that doesn't mean that it's all that being a man is. That's just, you know, it's, it's a key piece. And I think it's, you know, the violence thing, I always say, uh, you know, if, if you take the, the violence thing out of masculinity, you're actually talking about something else. It it is no longer masculinity if the violent component isn't there anymore in some way. Well,
0: yeah, I agree with that. You know, it's, there is that old uh, saying it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. But I think, I think it kind of comes a little bit more down into uh, the duality of man. Sure. You know, we need to be able to be the same ones that can go out, fight a horde of barbarians and then come back inside and pick up our newborn and, Absolutely. you know, woo our wife all in the same day without really having to switch gears. It, it has to be this all encompassing kind of role. Absolutely. You know? And throughout that, you know, it, it's like you said, you're staying solar, you're providing the warmth, the light, the security, you're benevolent, the best line in that whole fucking essay was
1: benevolent,
0: but not benign. I love that.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you. Yeah, I mean the, especially. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, and uh, you know, people are going to look to you. And right. uh, you know, if if Dad's freaking out, everyone's freaking out. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, that's uh, and it, it doesn't matter if you're Dad or not. I mean, that's 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 how it works. I mean, if you're the guy, you know, people are going to look to you, and if you're freaking out, then uh, then everything breaks loose.
0: You know. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, you know, on an evolutionary level, you know, everybody looks to the man in a room if shit goes down. Right. And if he's hiding under the table, that's when they really start worrying.
1: That's when panic ensues. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know,
0: You know. and again, taking from your essay, it's kind of like, you know, if, if you can keep your head about you when all it when they're all over losing theirs, Yeah. you know,
1: yeah, that's but, uh, the, that. you mean, know, that's like the best poem about uh, masculinity ever. I actually send it to my nephews because uh, okay. I, I don't have kids, but I have like a, you know, a bunch of nephews, and uh, that that Rudyard Kipling poem. I, I sent a, a a copy of the book uh, to my nephews because you know, if there's any message to hold on to, I mean that that poem pretty much kills it. I mean, in a way, it's kind of an English poem about middle management. You know, it's about being an officer.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a but uh, there's so much that you can take from it.
0: Yeah, it means what we want it to mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a, that's certainly. the power of you know that's the power of symbol as it is anyway. It means different things to different people. Totally. And people can attach you know different various aspects of meaning to various symbols.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, absolutely.
0: Uh, so, how did you come to this kind of determination, and what what kind of led you to uh, the solar? aspect of the philosophy you know what what made you start looking at it that way was it like a gradual thing or was did you just have one of those shower thoughts and just holy shit
1: um yeah it's a gradual thing everything that i do in my work uh one thing flows into the next thing and it's you know it's it's a chain of reasoning uh you know like i wrote the way of men i talked about tribalism and then i um you know I mentioned tribalism. And I'm like, well, I should think about tribalism more. And then, and, you know, it kind of, fo- everything follows from that. And, uh, you know, I've, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that, uh, you know, I'm attracted to, to trouble a little bit. Like, uh, you know, if, if, if someone says that you're not allowed to do something, I'll, I'll I'm like, Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to
0: do it twice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do it twice. I, I, yeah. I want to know more about that thing that I'm not allowed to know about. Uh, so, you know, that, you know, I, I definitely have an attraction to, uh, you know, the forbidden or darkness or whatever. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, I was, I was raised well, I was raised by like happy, nice people. And I'm not, I'm not really a dark person. You know, I, I I'm actually a pretty uh, a positive guy. And uh, I, I've found that with a lot of actually my readers that, that I connect with, especially now, uh, a lot of guys are like, yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is right, but I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm just not that dark, you know, I don't want to be dark all the time, you know? And, uh, and, and so, you know, I, and I'm very much that way too. And I was, uh, you know, hanging out with a group of people that were a little more dark uh, for a while. And uh, one of the criticisms of me uh, within that group was that I was uh, too Apollonian and, and not Dionysian enough. And that's a, that's a, it comes from uh, Nietzsche, and then uh, has been used for many, many years since. But uh, you know, the idea that there's this duality—you know—he's taking it from the Greeks, obviously, between like you know the god of the sun and and uh, uh, the god of wine and kind of uh, ecstasy and so forth. And and uh, you know, because as 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 interested as, as I am in trouble and 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 uh, darkness and aesthetics like that, sometimes. Uh, I'm very ordered you know like I, I i want everything to be planned in a certain way and i have a very like concise vision of how it, how it should be
0: right. and I, I think
1: yeah yeah and and i think that uh, just thinking about that uh, you know over time um definitely led me to a place where you know like i actually think that order is really the f- driving force uh, of what men do like we create order and then we have to defend order, which is that violence component that we're talking about. But we, we create the order uh, the same way that you would do in your house. Uh, you know, like uh, someone has to make the rules. Right. right. Like someone has to decide how it's going to be ordered. And that comes to, you know, everything in terms of, uh, you know, ordering things is even naming things. Uh, making words is, is, puts them in order because things are just things. They actually don't need names we give them names because we put them in order and so the, and that's the same with concepts and mythology and we, we put our world in order and that's kind of what we do. And once we've put it in order, then we have to defend it and then we also have to keep it going. And so th- these are a bunch of things I'm going to talk about in my, in my new book uh, that I'm working on right now. But, uh, uh, so say solar is kind of a, a part of that. And you know, what better imagery is there uh, for that than the sun and, and, in the sense of you know, obviously it has its own gravity and uh, the source of light and warmth, and uh, you know it it literally pulls things into order around it. That's what it does. It, you know it okay. It, there's a flying rock goes by. Oh, it goes into the orbit around the sun. You know that it, it puts things in order, and so it's a great symbol. And what's interesting is that it's also kind of the key symbol in most religions.
0: Yeah, it uh, really it, is. It, I mean, yeah. What was it? I mean, Saturday is even named after Saturnalia, yeah. you know, as worship of the sun or a sun yeah. god.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it all goes back. I mean, most religions uh, are patriarchal religions based around a sky father. Right. I mean, that's all of them. You know, <laughs> Basically, all of the major religions and a lot of the minor ones are based around a sky father. And uh, you can trace it back into the, you know, theoretically into, into the Proto-Indo-European and, uh, you know, the, the name that we have for God, you know, Dios uh, uh, you know, at least in you know Spanish, but uh, in Latin and so forth. And, you know, obviously Zeus is a part of that. That's a, that's how the word changed at some point. Uh, and uh, you know, there's a theory that uh, the original God of the Proto-Indo-Europeans where all of our languages come from, although Indo-European languages come from, uh, comes from a, you know, a, a God named uh, Dios Potar. And uh, again, you know, men have just always envisioned order as coming from the sky, you know? And, you know, that's been a, an old th- idea as well, that kind of women are of the earth and that men are men are of, of the sky. And that's just been, you know, a, a theme that's all throughout mythology and literature and art and so forth for, for thousands of years. Yeah, um,
0: you know, you, you're talking about you know, men just are drawn to order. But at the same time, you, you know, you're also like, like I am. I was that kid who was 16, stealing a car to go to a pool hall to get in a fight with 26-year-olds. You know, I was that guy. Right. But at the same time, I like things nice and neat and in their place. And I, I feel like, you know, as part of that duality of man, we're drawn to chaos just so that we can order it.
1: Absolutely. And in fact, that's, the, you know, a great way to say it. Uh, I mean, that's I think that the, you know, we're drawn to all different kinds of chaos, I think. And, uh, you know, whether it's intellectual chaos and, you know, chaos of the mind and feelings. And I mean, that's, a lot of people have been talking about the stoicism and things like that. It's, I mean, that's, your emotions are chaotic and it's also your job to order them. You know, right. you're internally creating order and, uh, you know, and that's, in a lot of primitive cultures and so forth, well, I, primitive is probably the w- wrong way to say it, but uh, in a lot of cultures, uh, initiation into manhood takes place in a border zone uh, called a liminal space. Basically, it's outside the town or it's outside, you know, it's a, it's a, a space of like darkness and confusion and twilight. And uh, I think conceptually speaking, it's, it's very appropriate because, I mean, that's, that's where you become men is actually in the realm of chaos. You, know, you have right. to go and show that you can deal with chaos and then, then you know, it, it initiates you into the process of manhood. Yeah,
0: uh, you know, it's outside of the perimeter of that firelight. Yes. You know, we, d- we defend the perimeter of the firelight and everything within that firelight is controlled. But the chaos takes place outside of that perimeter and we have to send our young men through a rite of passage through some sort of struggle in order to show that they can handle that chaos, to be worthy of holding the title of defending what's within that
1: light. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, they, yeah. The, the the campfire, I think, is actually the the most perfect metaphor uh, for this, and it's simple and it's timeless, and everyone understands it. You know, and that's that's what's cool about it.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, before we actually started recording, I'm a dad of eight kids. Sorry, eight boys and one girl. I've got nine.
1: Yeah, I was and, like, wait, you lost one. <laughs> yeah, I lost, I lost one.
0: <laughs> well, if, if I do lose one, there are spares. We, we've got oh. <laughs> that before. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But, um, maybe. but, <laughs> but with, you know, something that it's definitely a challenge, you know, in this day and age, it's raise honorable men and, you know, honorable young women. Uh, With you know the noise and the bullshit from the outside but have to subject them to that chaos and show that chaos exists to show them what they're up against you know and we trying to teach you know my sons to as i you know we were talking about earlier to be that lighthouse Mm -hmm. you know the one that can stand on that that margin while everything else is tossed you know the sea is a good example because the sea is kind of for the for the a long time in all religions seen as the epitome of chaos because it's so unpredictable yeah um but to with everything else tossed out there in chaos being that lighthouse up on the hill that, that guides people back to terra firma you know uh it it's it's hard to do but like you said having to be drawn to that chaos you know is is this masculine thing just so that we can fix it because men are fixers yeah you know that's why i get into all these fights with my wife she'll tell me about her problem and i try to fix it instead of just listening but right right <laughs> i i hear
1: that a lot actually that's the thing
0: yeah, yeah yeah but but it's it's so much more than just being that guide you know I, i've been using the lighthouse analogy forever but when i read stay solar you know, and so it's so much more than just being the guide. You have to be the one that they're drawn to and that has this gravity and pulls everything into it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, uh, you yeah, know, and, and, and that's another thing too. I mean, I've obviously encountered a lot of guys who are, are kind of angry at the world. Okay. Cause the world is chaotic, right? So you get the, the world is what it is right now. And a lot of people think it should be different and uh, maybe that's always been the case. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, uh, but the, you know, the world is chaotic and it is what it is. And uh, you know, there's a lot of people who kind of uh, a lot of guys get stuck in a loop where they're just angry about it all the time. And uh, you know, if you're that guy who wants to be around you,
0: yeah, you know, who, how are
1: you going to draw people into your circle? If you're going to be just ang- angry all the time, I mean, who wants to be around that? I mean, you can draw other angry people to you, but then you're just going to be angry together and you're just going to be sit around and be mad. And that's not productive. You know, none of your lives are actually going to get better aside from that. You feel better from being angry together. You know, misery loves company, but uh, you're still in misery. Yeah. You're going to be one upping each other to who's more pissed. Yeah. And people do that. That's a game, right. That, that, that people play. Like, uh, like, oh, well, this is some bullshit. I bet you didn't hear about this. Oh, well, the, oh, well guess what's going what to happen to me? Da, da, da. And, and, yeah, people do that like, yeah, one-up one up and shit about that.
0: Yeah, it's a pissing contest of who's more miserable. Exactly, exactly.
1: And that's, again, like who wants – you know, you're not going to draw good things to you or good people if that's what you have to offer. You know, so you, you have to be the thing that offers something, something else.
0: Yeah, you know – um I've actually got, uh, uh, one of your good friends is also my good friend, I guess, uh, Tanner Guzzi. He's actually coming on the show tomorrow.
1: Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've known Tanner for a little bit. And one of the things that he's talked about obviously is, you know, the power of aesthetics and the appearance of power. Sure. And I don't think there's anything more powerful than the sun. No, it's fire. <laughs> I mean, that, it's that, that, fire. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, back to your essay, the it's the source that everything reaches to by not by by choice but by just innate need. Whether it be the grass, the trees, people, they just reach to that thing. And I think that right now we've got kind of this anti-symbolism kind of culture, you know, kind of more of a kind more nihilistic push, and more maybe secularist would be a good way to describe it kind of push for society and and people are kind of being pulled away from the symbolism of really anything because they just nothing matters and nothing means anything you know kind of pessimistic point of view but they're they're still being drawn to the some kind of a search for meaning you see it all the time with these kind of social justice warrior activists they jump from cause to cause to cause because they need something to believe in
1: oh yeah well and if they win something if they actually get what they want then they have to find something new to be mad about i mean the same deal yeah like yeah yeah
0: Yeah. exactly and the thing that's been ever present is the things of gravity the things that have their own gravity the things that are warm and and just reliable because there's nothing more reliable than the sun yep you know at this point i mean we all set our clocks and lives by the sun absolutely and so with that whole kind of mentality in society going on right now, to positions to position oneself as the kind of man that embodies the virtues, and who would believe that the sun has virtues until Jack Donovan described it, you know, <laughs> we're all just going to go off the book of Jack, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, to position oneself and to try to become a man with the virtues of the sun, you know. You, and you see these little pockets kind of spring up all over social media with people like, uh, Ryan Mickler and, uh, Hunter drew yourself. They're all have become these like suns, you know, these yep. solar entities of these communities, but it doesn't have to just be that, you know, it can be in your own home. It can be in your own community. It can be in your workplace.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, like, uh, well, if if everyone becomes an influencer, I'm out of a job, you know, but yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I mean, mean, everybody has to live their own life and do what they're, what they're good at and what they're, you know, they're talented at and, uh, and yeah, be that son in in their own way. You know I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, it definitely applies to, you know, Business and management and all those kinds of things. I mean, you know, that's. Uh, I mean, that's that's you know a lot of, you know, like whatever, uh, like Jocko Willink. You know, like he got. I guess a lot of what he did was corporate consulting until you know, kind of telling managers how to act. Yeah, you know, so they, you, know it, you know, in a way, and so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it applies everywhere, you know, and 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 the thing is, if you are that guy, I mean, I think uh, someone posted something recently, like you're, you're always going to be the asshole in somebody's story, you know, but, uh, cause it, you know, being that guy doesn't mean that you're nice to everyone or that you're right. always going to, or that everyone's gonna agree with you. Cause if you're providing order, order is rules, order means rules and exclusions and definitions and, and hard lines. And, uh, and if someone doesn't agree with you, they don't agree with you. Uh, or if, if, uh, your order is in conflict with their interests, um, you're like, you're gonna be the asshole in their story. So, well, they, oh, you, but or if you you're just an for, asshole like us, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, like yeah. us who doesn't
0: yeah. like rules.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you're always gonna be the you know disordered in someone's story. But uh, you know, you, your job is just to kind of stay your own course, you know, and do what you think is right. And uh, you know, I think if you're doing that over time, you know, you can be shifty and kind of trick people. and and you can get away with a lot especially in modern society you know because uh if you're in a village and you start acting shifty uh you know the 50 people in the village are going to get wise to that pretty quick yeah and there's going to be a problem but if you're in los angeles you can screw people over for the rest of your life and never see them again you know like you, you can just keep going and going and going and going and that's one of the things about the hey that's one of the You know criticisms of uh, cosmopolitan kind of uh, thinking in, in a way that, you know, in a big, in a big city, you can get away with a lot. Uh, but uh, I do think eventually it still comes around. I think to most people, uh, you know, if you, if you're out there kind of creating a, a positive environment and, and you're treating people well and uh, you're doing things uh, to make their lives better, eventually you get a reputation for that. Yeah. as well and you become the guy that uh, you're like oh yeah he, he's a good dude go over to go deal with that dude you know like uh and and so i think it does pay it it does pay in the, in the long term uh, although in the short term it's a lot easier to get rich or uh uh to get what you want uh by being a jerk you know by the, being sneaky and and whatever but i think uh by by treating people well you know over the long term i think you do better and, and and also, I think you like yourself a little more.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that. You have, you know, people talk about self-esteem all the time, but I think self-respect yeah. way outweighs self-esteem. Oh, absolutely. You can't beat yourself yeah. in the mirror and be proud of who the hell you are and what you've done. And, you know, at that point, just stop.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. You know, I was, uh, I was talking to – my wife, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to interview Jack Don on the podcast. And she goes, I have no idea who that is. Right. So I told him, I was like, well, he looks like a very mean person. She saw, she saw your Instagram. You're like, he looks like a very mean, <laughs> very, a, 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 a very mean and aggressive person. I was like, well, he's probably very aggressive, but I think he's a pretty, you know, pretty good dude, you know?
1: Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I always say that. That's, uh, you know, I'm old enough that I have that Germanic frown. That like uh, if I just have resting asshole face and that's the you know if I'm not yeah. smiling then I just look like, I look like I'm frowning, and uh, you know yeah. it's just you know sorry that's just how my face is, uh, you know and that's that's actually kind of why I like doing video podcasts and stuff now because uh, people can see how I actually am and I'm actually I I'm not angry all the time that's not actually who I am so
0: yeah my beard gets in the way you can't tell if I'm smiling or not and so I'm, I'm not really asked why are you madness just my face okay. yeah, is yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah well you know i mean i mean uh you know men are supposed to be serious right you look at pictures of uh now it's also because of the long exposures in early photography but uh you know look uh, the you know the, the first pictures of men are all just standing around trying to look hard as fuck you know but uh very very like uh, but uh you know at, at the same time i i, th- I think you do want to be taken seriously. Right. And so, you know, I think, I think uh, you don't want to, you don't want to be giggling all the time and, and, you know, be cutesy, you know, cause that's, that actually doesn't make you a source of order either. You know?
0: No, so. you have to be that, that, you know, is the power of your presence. And when you, if you can present yourself as a forced to be, or not to be reckoned with, you know, yeah. while it, Without, you know, of course, coming across like this. Oh, I'm a badass. You know, attitude.
1: Yeah, you know, people get yeah. confused, and it's easy to go down that path. I mean, people get confused, and you know, it's masculinity is not one big hard style. You know, <laughs> no. where, where you're just a, uh, um, and a lot of people go that way with it. You know, like a, uh, you know, everything's got to be this. Uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, like the it's the alpha Chad. Yeah, the alpha Chad, but I mean, I think you know the real alpha Chad is probably a little bit more, uh, you know, not that concerned. I, I wouldn't say concerned, but I would say not uh, that, you know, obsessed with uh, trying to appear tough. Right. Okay. I mean, because the guys who are really scary, um, they don't need to do that. You yeah. I, I mean, that's a, that's kind of a front thing. I mean, the guys who you know are, are black belts yeah yeah, it's totally it's it's like masculine peacock and yeah you, you, you know you have uh you know the guys who who could really just take your head off you know um and not in you know this stupid uh you know like that's an adolescent like the the bar fight kind of context i feel like you know if you're my age and you're like looking for bar fights you've got problems big problem. yeah but i uh, mean <laughs> You know, no but, one uh, no one wants to
0: look for violence. We just want you to be ready for it. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly, yeah. exactly. But uh, you know, so you don't want to be in that in that kind of foolish uh, perspective where everything is is a bar fight because a lot of guys associate masculinity with that. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of the guys who are just really really effective and have trained very well are actually pretty easygoing, chill dudes to be around. They're not constantly yeah. uh, fronting and and trying to trying to look tough. I mean, some of those guys just do that forever and that's just who they are. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think, especially the guys I think who have seen a lot of real violence um, start looking for like, okay, well I've done that. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah. done that. I mean, I, you know, I I've talked to a lot of guys who have, who've, you know, been overseas and so forth and uh, you know, they've actually killed people and, and you know, been involved in actual violence. And uh they've already they can check that spot off so you know if anything they want to they're looking for happiness or they're looking for spirituality or something like that you know cuz they've already got the violence card
0: you know? right you know and on the other end of that spectrum you've got those guys and I, I believe it was epictetus or it could have been someone else but um who had said you know a man will never find happiness one who's never had to prove himself something i'm paraphrasing but the man who's never had to prove himself is an incomplete man, you know, in the face of any kind of adversity. And you've got a lot of these try-hard, tough guys who have never had to prove themselves to anything, have never subjected themselves to any kind of adversity, or maybe just not had the opportunity. And right. so that's when they come across as the, you know, I'm a try-hard, I'm a badass kind of attitude, because they haven't actually had to do it. And so it becomes this need in that to check that box, like what you were saying.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, that is one of the most accurate criticisms that I think uh, uh, feminists make about masculinity, you know, or have made over the years, um, is that, uh, you know, there's a certain nervousness in uh, contemporary men um, and in certain insecurity. And that insecurity comes from the fact that most men actually don't have the opportunity to prove themselves in any way that makes sense. Like I said, you mean, you can go out looking for pointless violence, um, but that's, I think. You're proving
0: your immaturity
1: there. Right, right. Uh, So you can go out looking for pointless violence. And, uh, you know, so, but uh, I think that that's why I think martial arts are so helpful and that, uh, you know, all young men especially should be involved in something like that because you work that out. You know a little bit if you're actually doing that some kind of fighting thing, you know where you have to get punched in the face or choked or whatever and and deal with it and yeah. handle that situation. I think that that's really, really important for for young men um, because you're gonna be more confident because of that, and you're not gonna to have to like have this weird fake confidence, like I've watched a lot of action movies, you know like, <laughs> <laughs> so you better watch out. You know, (laughs) you know, uh, I think that if you've actually, if you have that exchange with other men regularly, I think it's, it's healthy for men. Uh, it's really, really important. Yeah.
0: Um, I I had written an an essay about a year ago. It was titled, am I enough? And I think it's one of the, one of the questions that all young men or all men in general are going to ask themselves because they need that something to measure up against. Right. You know, uh, especially you know going back to what we were talking about earlier we kind of live in a in a world of prolonged adolescence and there's no rite of passage into manhood right and there's no trial by fire or baptism by fire as it were for men coming of age and so they need to you know actively seek out something to test themselves like you said with martial arts with intense weight training something is going to challenge them physically and you know spiritually to you know test their metal yeah. you know w- without that they're just spinning their wheels never fully knowing who they are or what they are absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah you know, um i take my uh my boys up to the mountains in north Carolina, and. Uh, at the time he was 11, and I was like, "Okay, well, it's a six mile hike in, it's a six mile hike out, and we're gonna go up some waterfalls." He was like, "What? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that." <laughs> and so, so we did it, and you know, at the end of it, he just, "Holy crap! I didn't know I could go 12 miles." And you see his whole kind of mentality change a little bit because he had yeah. never had to push himself, and. You know, a lot of men don't have that these days because there is no opportunity unless you live in Southern California, you're not fighting off hordes of bandits at your front door.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people, I think, yeah, if, if you don't test your limits, you don't really know what they are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't, I mean, I, when you said that, it made me laugh because, uh, you yeah, know, I was training boxing a couple years ago and, uh, <laughs> The the boxing coach is making us run every day. I've never been a runner. I'm actually better at running now than I was when I was young. But, uh, you know, we do like one mile runs, three mile runs, whatever. And uh, he sent us out on a five mile run one day. And I was in, uh, I, was like, I don't know that I've ever run five miles. before. You know, I've done the one mile and the three mile. You know, I did not a bunch, but I, you know, I just, I'd never really run that far. And we just laughed uh, while we were running it, that that quote from Lord of the Rings or whatever, like, like, like this this step is the furthest we've been from the Shire. Like <laughs> every every step is, uh, <laughs> is new, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
0: know? The furthest I've ever gone. Yeah, Everything yeah. else is new. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's and yeah. then it, we we did that enough uh, for a few weeks. Uh, we were running five miles once a week, and then uh, you know there was a whatever i guess it's 8k is 5 miles i think uh, uh, th- there was an 8k nearby and i'm like let's just go do that cuz we do it every that's not even a thing <laughs> you know it's yeah. not it's not something i have to train for i could just go out and do it you know so i mean you know now i'd probably have to you know train a little bit cuz i haven't run in a while but uh yeah i mean it's uh, your your capabilities change over time and uh, like you said if you're if you're not tested and you're not kind of pushing what you can do then you really don't know
0: yeah i had done a uh an ultimate Gladiator dash uh, a few years back uh and it was supposed to be i think it was supposed to be like a 3k
1: yeah
0: but they had gone out and when they measured it they mismeasured it by a lot and so it ended up being like a seven and a half k
1: because
0: it was it was through the desert in new mexico Okay. And uh, yeah. And so, I, you know, I'm at there. I'm wearing, you know, ACU Army pants and some combat boots. I'm going to be a hard ass. I'm going to do this. You know, do this obstacle course. Ooh,
1: running well, in combat boots—that sounds horrible. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It 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 was it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. And so, I'm on the way down. I, you know, I'm I'm checking the distance, and I'm I've been doing a pace count in my head, and I'm like, this is a hell of a lot farther than three k because. Like, just the run part alone is 3K. Then I got to run back (laughs) and then do the obstacle course. But, you know, it was that whole, I keep seeing everybody else keep going. So that, well, I can't let this guy, I mean, look at him. You know, he looks like he sits in front of a World of Warcraft all day. I can't let him pass me. And so I'm killing my, yeah, I'm killing myself trying to get back, you know. By the time I was done, I just sat there, wouldn't let my wife speak to me pouring water over my face and trying not to die right but you know it was that that element of okay I've gone as far as I've ever gone I think I got some left in the tank and I had the opportunity to prove it yeah you know and now I know I can do that I don't want to do it
1: again yeah but yeah. yeah no the yeah I, I don't ever like to really run more than a mile or two uh, but yeah. uh, you know, I can. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know,
0: I, I, I've got short legs. I, you know, to quote the Lord of the Rings again, I'm I'm good for sprinting, but terrible over long distances.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah,
0: I, I can't do it. I'm five foot eight, like seven maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so I, I can't do that anymore. But no, it's just one of those things where I had the opportunity to push myself, and I did. And now we've got these young guys who've never had the opportunity to push themselves have no idea what they're capable of.
1: Yeah, and that's why, you know, sending that message out that they need to look for it, I think, uh, is really important. Uh, Because, you know, no one's gonna make you do those things in most cases. I mean, you might have have the dad that takes you out and says, we're gonna go on this long hike. But most guys don't have that experience. Right. right? Uh, And so I think a lot of people, a lot of men have grown up never having that experience. And so I think it's uh, really positive to put that message out there that they need, they need to seek it out uh, for themselves. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, that's that, I, another one of the big arguments made about masculinity is always that, uh, the, that the world doesn't need it, you know, like yep. that the world doesn't need you to be a man. Right. But, um, you need you to be a man, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it's good. yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that men need to actually, uh, claim that for themselves. You know, it's, it's not about, you know, can I, can I do this to, to make everyone feel better to make every, you know, you're not required to do it to keep everyone safe necessarily, but uh, you still need it for you. You
0: Yeah. Uh, It seems to be like there's a push to have men all locked behind a glass case. This just break only when needed.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. And which is, you know, I mean, that's, I think that's probably an old historical idea. No one really trusts the, the, uh, the, wasn't it like, like, Everybody I hates the a warrior
0: r- until the wolf's at the gate.
1: Right, right. I'm trying to think. I think it, it might have even been a thing that, uh, like, the Roman legions weren't supposed to be in the city. You know, like they were supposed to be outside the city. They weren't allowed to, in the gates. I, yeah. I don't know if that's true, but I think it is. Uh, it just it popped into my mind. But uh, that's definitely always been a thing. Like, yeah, it's not. Uh, you know, in polite society, that guy is 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 a little bit. You know, what are we gonna do with him? It's right. hard to I- integrate that guy. I mean, uh, and a lot of a lot of service uh, members, uh, you know, come back, and I think they struggle with that to a certain extent because, uh, you know, if if you've seen people blow up and do all kinds of stuff like that, and then you have to listen to Cheryl and Denise complain in your office about uh, whatever, you know, <laughs> you know, like yeah, the volumes cut <laughs> down on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shut up, Karen. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's definitely. You know, to sit and listen to people's microaggressions and their, their whiny little baby problems, uh, yeah, is, defi- is definitely, you know, difficult for a lot of those guys to handle, uh, right? You know, so, it, it, but, uh, you know, and, and also like people who have never had a corporate job, I think is interesting too, because, uh, I think if you've never had a corporate job, you know, like that environment is just bizarre and confusing to a lot of guys. You know, I mean, yeah. I've I've done both. I've 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 had like blue collar jobs and and corporate jobs, but and I can, I can do both. But uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys try and get like office jobs and yeah, like office politics and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's that's a whole different that's a whole different skill set, really.
0: Um, oh yeah, and it's it, it's absolutely nothing as far as the physicality of it. It's the way that we're wired as men. We're not designed to be sitting there, you know. <laughs> in a, in a neat little box with no windows and listen to someone bitch that the coffee, the coffee machine's broken or the copiers had a paper. Right. You know, I've worked, I've worked, you know, kind of a, a white collar job before. And, uh, you know, one of the hardest times in my life was when I was homeless, you know, I had a wife, kids, and we were all living in a motel and wow. I was having to walk, I was having to walk with a sledgehammer to go bust concrete and then walk back, you know? Right. And, I was happier doing that kind of shit than I, that I was when you know, that, that would be an almost part. I didn't like that.
1: Right. Right. But,
0: but, you know, well, you know what I really did like, no, I'm just kidding. But, yes. uh, no, I, I, now I work in the automotive industry,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, aside from, you know, owning my own, you know, men's grooming company, right. but I had to step down from the managerial role to get back out there on the floor, turning wrenches and swinging hammers because, it just didn't feel like, you know, like it was part of what I was supposed to be doing. You know what right. I mean? And so you get a lot of these guys, like you said, they come back and they're on edge for one. They're not going to, and they're not receiving the kind of help that they need from the people that sent them there. Right. Right. And then now they have to listen to Karen complain about how bad her Cobb salad was. <laughs> that, that guy is going to lose his fucking mind.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I really can't imagine you working a corporate job though. I'm like, like I, don't well, o- frown, I don't even know if you, know, you own, I don't even know if you own, well, I don't even know if you own enough shirts to work a corporate job. I've seen your Instagram.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I don't work in a corporate job anymore, so I can just dispose of all my shirts. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, no, no. I mean, it, it's been a while. And uh, really when I started writing, started writing about masculinity, because I did corporate stuff uh, first. I mean, actually I worked in kitchens, I think first, but uh done a lot of things, but uh, I worked, uh, when I finally was like, I'm smart, why am I poor? I, I went, I'm like, I'm gonna, get a, I'm gonna get an office job. You know, and, and so I, I went and worked, uh, you know, kind of in the manufacturing division of a, a software company and did, did some things like that. You know, it was all more like corporate casual it's not like i've ever had to wear a tie to go to work um right. and that kind of thing but uh you know it's the west coast it was always very informal anyway but uh, but yeah i mean it, it's definitely not as satisfying in a lot of ways you sit there and answer a million emails all morning and, and do do whatever people do and it's funny you know those people make more money but they don't actually work harder in most cases in, may, in many cases, people just go in and maybe work for five hours a day, but there's a lot of like bullshitting and talking and like, you know, listen to what Karen has to say and, and whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, when I started writing about masculinity and, and so forth, I, I had to ch- kind of challenge myself to go out and do some stuff that I'd never done before. And uh, so uh, I guess uh, the first thing I did, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The, yeah the first thing I, I was working at a financial services company and then I went and got a job delivering exercise equipment. and uh and I literally did not know how to use a ratchet like <laughs> that was not part of my skill set. I was like, what is this you know and and uh you've come a long skill- way jack yeah 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 well yeah i mean uh absolutely, but uh it was just not something <laughs> i was i, I was uh, a a skill set that I had, and uh yeah we, I worked with a guy who you know uh, the whole thing they ran the exercise equipment business like a pit crew where it was all like timed and like you had to like how fast can we build this gym because we have to build four of them today and that kind of thing you know like so it was a, t- a totally different uh, mindset and it, that was my favorite job i've ever had uh by far because it was it was yeah. physically hard uh, you know carrying treadmills upstairs and so forth and uh, in, in, in like nice houses so you can't touch the wall or break anything or whatever. It's very, it's very, it's like stressful. And, and, uh, you know, you have to carry something as a partner, you know, obviously two people carrying a, a 300 pound treadmill upstairs, you can't drop it because the other guy goes down the stairs, you know? Yeah. And, and so, you know, there, there's a sense of urgency about things. I mean, it was very, it, it was a, it was a really good job for me. And I learned a lot about uh being a man and uh, one of my best friends, uh, is that's where I met him and we were drove around in the truck for nine hours a day delivering exercise equipment
0: yeah it's a good way to get to know somebody
1: <laughs> yeah oh totally totally oh yeah we I mean it's we only see each other once every a few months now because I don't I don't live close to him but uh you know we went on a, a fake hunting trip uh, just because our licenses weren't the right licenses and so we went bear hunting this is um, about like, the bears
0: yeah I heard yeah, I heard yeah, you talk yeah. about this yeah
1: yeah, 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 yeah. and But, uh, you know, we had spent so much time together in the past that, like, you know, we just see each other and then, like, we're on our old jokes and, like, just pick it right back up where it left off because we know each other so well, uh, you know, up until that point that we just kind of have that rapport. Uh, so that's, right. that's really nice, yeah.
0: But, I mean, yeah, it kind of became close because you were doing something physically hard together. And it was kind of like building the small – a little miniature tribe, the guys on your crew. Oh, absolutely. We've got guys being isolated right now all the time, whether they're married and say, well, I got to go ask the wife if I can go out with the boys or whatever. And the guys never really get together. But when they, and to do just hard shit, go rock climbing, go, you know, shoot each other in the face with paintballs, you know, go to work out. To do that kind of what, you know, male bonding, you know, and spend guy time together to build those friendships. Cause the only way guys make friends with each other is by doing hard shit together.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. In fact, the guy who, uh, came up with the term male bonding in, I believe 1969 was a, a guy named Lionel Tiger. Uh, no, I don't think it's Lionel Tiger. Maybe it is. But, uh, anyway, he came up with the term, uh, male bonding and, uh, Literally, one of his things was like men have to aggress against something together. Yeah, and uh, basically, whether it's nature or each other or other men or whatever, uh, men bond, uh, you know, by, you know, some kind of project. And that's one of the things that, like, the early men's movements in the like eighties uh, and nineties, uh, they got wrong, I think, because I don't think they they really grasped how important that is. And if you if you want to make a male space and uh, really an icebreaker for men isn't like let's have coffee and talk about our feelings. Uh, an icebreaker for men is like, uh, I had a project out of the land, uh, at one of my last events, uh, where we, we built a stone ship. And, uh, that was, uh, get a, get 15, 20 guys together and tell them to go pick up rocks. And all of a sudden they start competing see who can pick up the break. You don't have to have to initiate that. It's, it's magic. Oh no, that, that happens
0: period. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: It's, 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 it's it, it was awesome to see it. Cause I, I've never really had an event like that or done it before. And I'm just like, uh, I feel like this should take an hour. And it took 15 minutes. Dudes are running <laughs> up the hill with, with giant rocks and building things. And it was just really impressive. And I think that that's while they're doing that, they're interacting with each other and they're feeling each other out, and you know they're responding to each other in the in the way that men do. And I think that yeah, if you want to have any kind of uh, men, men need a project. You know, they need a project yeah. or a reason, and that's uh, you know if you can get men to let, hey, let's go do a thing, I think is better than like hey, let's let's go spend some quality time. You know, like that it, that's it's a different frame. For sure. Oh yeah, it
0: it really is. You know, when I was a kid, if I was standing around. Uh, with my I had a childhood friend, name was Jason. We went everywhere together, did everything together. And most of it involved just exploring the fucking woods. Yeah. But if we come across a bunch of rocks and we're just tired from going through the woods all day, we're gonna play who can hit that fucking tree with that fucking rock. Right. You know <laughs> it just happens. We just innately just start competing with each other. Yeah. And that's how we actually became childhood friends. You know, like what you said, building a stone ship, which sounds awesome, by the way. Uh, but it was you see guys, carry, you know, Paul carrying three rocks. I'm going to carry four. Fuck Paul. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because guys, you know, we're not going to give each other credit. We're just going to try to outdo them. And that's yeah. how we get close. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Totally.
0: You get a group of guys, well, they're like, you yeah, know, Paul's pretty strong. He carried three. Pff, I carried four. Right, right. You know, right, right. Yeah, Paul's a yeah. good dude, but he can't carry as much as I can. I mean, it's just that back and forth thing where it, it turns into a, hey, you talk a lot of shit about Paul. Yes. My best friend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. totally.
0: <laughs> That's kind of how we go about it. But, uh, so you said you're working on your next book. Any plans on to, to like a, a timeline of release for that?
1: Well, I mean, if if I could put it out tomorrow, I would, but it's not done. <laughs> so, uh, know, it, it'll be done it. when it's done. You know, it's, uh, but it's it's the number one thing that i'm working on right now aside from doing podcasts and so forth uh that's basically my my focus uh so um yeah i would say you know it's maybe a quarter done and it's coming together and it's i don't write long books i don't i don't like long books i, I like you know short digestible things and uh so i mean i'd like to have it out by the end of the year okay
0: yeah yeah i released my first book i wrote it in a month uh, two months ago, and working on my second one now. My first one had maybe twenty-five thousand words. This one's gonna have about sixty thousand, and so wow. yeah, I'm not used to writing that long of a book because I've only ever written one.
1: Yeah, but
0: it, it, it's a challenge. But yeah, I, I understand. It'll be done when it gets done. If you try to put date on it, and you're screwed because. I heard some of the things that you've talked about with your writing. You you can sit there and stare at a page for an hour and a half, write three words, and then all of a sudden one day you sit down and write six thousand words.
1: Yeah, yeah it, yeah, it it definitely like that. I mean, I've i have gone through that this year a bunch of times. Yeah, where it's just <laughs> like, uh, you know, you well, because writing is thinking. You know, yeah. writing is thinking if you're doing it right. And I, you know, I'm talking about like philosophical ideas, so I have to be like, well, does this make sense with this? Or, like what's the best way, what's the best possible way to frame this so that it'll connect with people, I think is the, is the hardest thing. It's like, right. I already know what I'm excited about, but like, how do I put all, get all that from up here down and in, into, the, into the keyboard? Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a challenge. And how do you organize that idea uh, in a way that it's gonna connect with people and make sense. And also then, you know, add the, the, the pepper, you know, like all the you know, the, the, the actual good writing has to come yeah. in there at some point. and And uh, so it all has to come together for that to happen, you know? So, uh, you know, and I, especially now, I, I word nerd about things forever. So that's, that's another thing that takes forever. But, you know, which I like, and I, I like that about my work because like most of, most of the words are really, really carefully chosen. Like yeah. to the point where I'll like, is that what that actually means? Well, let me trace the etymology back 5,000 years to make sure. <laughs> you know like that i'll, I'll just Wiktionary Wick is my friend I'll sit there and, and just look you know I mean because uh, i just I think the history of words tell us so much about m- the meaning of things and what this thing has always meant because so many words that we have have barely ever changed uh and, and, and oh so yeah it's the right word it's really the right word I mean uh uh I was gonna bring it up uh just because i've been it's on my um, mind uh lately uh, just uh, the word chaos uh you know there's a in in an old greek form of it uh you know the word chaos is is uh you had mentioned earlier and what's interesting about chaos is we always think of chaos as being um like i like a frenzy i think most people think of chaos as being a frenzy but it actually means a void right like like it's so it's like space you're looking at it
0: from like a pre cosmogonic or cosmogonic standpoint yeah chaos like you said, people think it's a frenzy or it's bad, like because
1: they mean anything could happen out there because right. there's no order,
0: but it's more potential for good or bad, depending on whether or not guys you know men and masculine energy will interact with it to bring it to order,
1: yeah, yeah I mean it's just it's just this uh, uh, you know this wide expanse and you know like uh, like the aliens thing like you know in space no one can hear you scream it's kind of like there's no direction there's no it's it, i mean i think really space if you could float through space and not freeze and die immediately it, floating through space would be the most terrifying thing you could ever really do because there's no home yeah. there's nowhere to go you, you're just forever you know and that's i think it's uh, just a complete lack of order and I think that's probably more terrifying than than you know, a frenzy. You know, it's it's uh
0: Yeah, it no kinda Yeah, it kinda of brings to mind uh like the opening stanzas of uh the Veluspa and uh the uh Gnunga Gap. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, you didn't think I knew that, did you?
1: <laughs> well, I don't no, I no, I saw the hammer. but uh <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, you saw the hammer?
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But uh no it's chaos is terrifying like you said because anything can happen but then you've got men who are drawn to that chaos to bring it to order you know and if chaos can be manipulated and used just like the word chaos can be manipulated and used to paint that picture so i, I totally get what you're saying about nerding out on the word oh yeah to have it mean the right thing right you know and I, I expect the uh, title of this book to be called chaos. just kidding.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, I, it, uh, I, it's definitely difficult when you're writing to take what's in your head and put it out on paper. Because oh, yeah. in, in your head, it means exactly what you want it to mean. But you're like, how the fuck do I explain that to everyone else in a way that is entertaining? Because we can say it to each other in five words or say it to ourselves in one word. And we we not right. know, but we yeah. have to fill up, you know, a chapter with that idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to give it, you know, give people enough that it's worth more than, you know, a five second statement. I mean, I, I, I keep threatening. And then it's, I'm like, this is the wrong thing. I keep threatening that eventually I'm just going to write in aphorisms like Nietzsche, you know, like eventually I'll just get to the point where I just stay like, Two sentence statements, you know, like and and just drop the mic, and that's that. That's what it's got. Because a lot of things I can explain that way, you know. But it's probably not the best uh, a a business model, and it's and uh, it's also not the best. uh, You know, people want more than that. You know, they want they want to see your work. That's the other thing. It's like math. You know, they want to see your work a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have to show me the steps taken to get to this idea. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You can't just sit. I mean, as attractive as, it is, as I would just like to sit in the mountaintop and just like, you know, send out. I mean, if I didn't hate Twitter so much, just send out tweets because that's basically what Twitter is, right? They're like little aphorisms. But, uh, you know, just, you know, sit in the mountaintop and just say things, you know, and uh, that'd be great. But because those those are kind of my favorite books actually uh, about masculinity, uh, like uh, the Hagakura, the, 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 the written by a samurai. I mean, yeah. that's just some dude sitting in a, you know, exile, I think he's an exiled samurai or whatever, uh, sitting in a, you know, you know a cave somewhere, bitching about how shitty samurais are these days. And, uh, <laughs> and all his thoughts about what a real samurai should be like. And, uh, you know, I mean, that, but, and it's just his opinion. He doesn't show his work. He's just like, another thing, this is true. This is not true. This is true. This is not true. I love shit like that. I would, that that's my favorite kind of writing.
0: Yeah, you know, it kind of brings up uh, one of your former guests, uh, Roman McClay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: he's sitting up on a mountaintop bitching.
1: Yeah. You know? Well, I, I don't know if he's bitching because I didn't read it. Well, I read funny thing book, is,
0: but... I've, I've got his book right here.
1: Oh, okay, actually, okay.
0: My mic is uh, – Ro- Roman's a good friend of mine, actually.
1: Yeah, he's a and, cool dude. Uh, guy. Yeah. yeah,
0: but, you know, he's up, he's up there sitting on that mountaintop talking about at, – at length – <laughs> to say the least he's talking at length about what the hell has been wrong with yeah. you know, modern society. And yeah, he's got it nailed down. He, he'll send out those little quotes and aphorisms on Twitter, you yeah, know, and yeah. people come in, if you want a word nerd, read his book. You know? Yeah. yeah. I yeah, I, I had to buy the Ken, I had to buy the Kendall version just so I could look up the word and just tap on it. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, uh, I think that men are kind of, drawn to that anyway we'd like to sit back and look at this shit that's wrong and then bitch about it and then talk about how we're going to fix it and then just go fix it
1: you well know? yeah the, with with the the last part being essential uh because yeah. otherwise you're just doing the commiserating thing we're just bitching you know but uh yeah if you're doing the you know if 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 you're assessing a problem it should lead to some kind of action yeah uh, was it you know, teddy
0: roosevelt had said uh, talking about a problem without forming a solution is bitching
1: yeah i no, think, I think, might, I, think
0: you, I think you might have said binding but bitching just sounds more like that
1: yeah 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 i mean it's it's a hundred percent i mean that's that's what uh yeah it, yeah it, i i feel like that's uh, also I've, I've had to explain that to a couple of people too uh just personally like in terms of um you know the best if you're going to ask a question even yeah. You know, and this is just something you should, should learn in school, but a lot of people don't, you know, like if you're going to ask a question, you should have tried to figure it out yourself. Yeah. And then, and then be like, okay, now I need to know, because I've tried to figure it out, you know, show that you've actually put in some effort.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Cause you see that a lot. You see people come in and say, well, what should I do about this? What should I do about this? What you about? And you ask them, well, what have you done so far? Right. Well, nothing. Well then, the fuck you asking me for go try to figure it out and see if something works and then come back and tell me what you tried
1: yeah yeah then we can troubleshoot it you know like yeah but, uh, you know yeah you kind of have to people kind of just want to be led by the hand a little bit too much sometimes and I think that yeah you, know, you, should, you should always be trying to, to figure it out and do something on your own you
0: know? yeah I always call those guys assholes
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah they're assholes, you know. They're always asking for advice, but then they haven't tried anything, or, or they just don't want to take your advice, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: You give them actionable, actionable advice, and they give you fifteen fucking excuses as to why that won't work. Well, then, okay, you're on your fucking own.
1: Right, right. Well, then you go fix it, smart guy. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, Jack, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Man. I think we're coming up on that hour mark. Might have really gone a little over. Cool. No but, problem. Yeah, it's nice to finally get to talk to you. I mean, we I've been looking forward to this for a while. You know. Uh maybe one day I get a chance to come up there to the Pacific Northwest when I'm not worried about the
1: coronavirus. Well, yeah. I mean no one's traveling now. Uh yeah. But well, who knows? Yeah. I, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, thanks for meal, man. Yeah,
0: you know, like where I live now, I live you know, live in the south and it's already slow and quiet, so the quarantine doesn't really mean anything. You know. Right
1: we well, still have toilet paper town. on our shelves wow that yeah. i mean that that was surprising they didn't they it, like when i went to the grocery store in town here and they didn't because uh, i live in a small town that there are really only two big grocery stores yeah they they were both pretty well cleaned out yeah uh but uh yeah it is uh i'm not too worried about it because i live in a, a small area you know, as well. So yeah,
0: you're not living in L. A. or New York or Miami, any of the big places where people are crowded up on each
1: other. So yeah, just spitting on each other. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, I really, actually, you know, yeah, that, that was one of my survival
0: advices. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. So you you already work from home.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, it's like, oh well, I guess I have to work on my book, and I can't find all all kinds of excuses to go do other stuff. You know, like, yeah, because I really there's i I don't really need to leave the house. I did my big grocery store trip and uh i have i mean I can work out in my i am like i could go to the gym, but why yeah that's I could work out in my house so yeah I mean I guess I'm just uh having a week of being focused and no distractions
0: yeah, and uh and that's kind of how I feel I'm like, please shut it down I've got so much content that I need to write and so much content that i need to record please shut everything down for two weeks i'll have time
1: yeah yeah well let's just hope people care because that's also the tricky thing too right now right uh, oh yeah
0: like, you like what do people's you, humanity what do going you say? downhill
1: well there's that but i mean uh well it's it's like uh, i was actually talking to tanner about this he uh before i posted my post that i did uh, yesterday on Instagram, I. I hit up Tanner that night before and I was like, God, I feel like the most solar thing I could do is just continue as if nothing's happening and just keep right. writing the stuff I was going to write. And he was like, yeah, but that there's people doing that. And it kind of falls flat because no one cares about, you know, he, he was saying, cause you know, the guys he followed, he's like, no one cares about what the right shoe is for right now, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know, like, yeah uh, I mean, you can't just, uh, say completely irrelevant shit when everybody's thinking about something totally different. So, yeah. uh, but you also don't want to be smarmy and and just uh, like how can I capitalize on this moment? You know, because that comes across sometimes too.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, you see a lot of people doing that, like especially with the fitness guys. You see them. I've got the perfect anti-criminal workout. You know. And.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, know, and, and the thing is, people are looking for that. <laughs> yeah. They have to work out at home. So, like, I mean, they're feeling a the need. And I think that's what a lot of people actually want to see right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, I mean, but
0: yeah. You can't blend in with all the noise there. As a content creator, you can't say the same thing that everyone else is saying about the freaking coronavirus. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I'm not yeah. an expert, so I'm just going to not talk about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, I think the, most of my content have been slightly humorous about the whole thing, but yeah. then, you know, if you're shut down. And you're stuck with' your wife and kids, why don't you actually get to know your kids again because I'm pretty sure you can't name all your kids' favorite colors, you know right spend right. spend that quality time with your family, you know yeah. don't people use work as an escape, you know yeah, oh sure. they, they they hate their lives, so they go to work just to get the hell out of the house, and then they come home and they just can't wait till the kids go to bed so they can watch TV and then go to bed and wake up and do it again right, right you know, and so I think it's kind of important to you know, maybe reestablish some of those, you know, what used to be the norm when a guy would come home from work, he got to you know, spend time with his wife and children. And, you know, that's what most of my content is about. Take advantage of this time that you're going to have. Don't bitch about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't panic and worry. You know, because again, if you're panicking, worrying, you're not being very solar. You're being very lunar.
1: Yes, you exactly, exactly.
0: You're controlling the sea, which is the chaos and the tides of emotion. Don't do that.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 But, uh,
0: yeah. But I think we're going to wrap this one up, Jack. It's been really Bye, nice man. talking to you.
1: Cool. Yeah. Nice talking to you, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are listening, you can also watch this on YouTube after it uploads and make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, download them all just so I can get more subscribers. Subscribe to all of them and listen to them all multiple times because they're full of value. If you'd like to become a contributor or support this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm ruggedlegacy and click on the support icon. And that'll do it for myself and Jack Donovan. Have a good one, guys. Everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire. This has been a Rugged Legacy production.